Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com. Trailer verse, yeah. That's his deer right there. No kidding. He still ain't come picked it up. Really? Right. It's That's from his that, deer, Trey on birds. It's from that video he did where he was hunting. This is it? On Hogs That's Plus. it. How long ago and was that? The, uh, it was opening weekend of rifle, I think. It this was, year? It was, yeah, this year. It was right so. after the LSU game. Because he did a video on Twitter I saw, and it was like, um, he got back from the LSU game. Because didn't we play down there in Baton Rouge? Mm-hmm. We played down there, he got back, and then the next morning he went hunting. And I guess it was somewhere around here. I, I don't know where he killed it, but yeah, yeah I bet. And he brought it to you. That's awesome. You're listening to the Ozark Podcast, presented by Inland. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyle B. What's up, everybody? Just wanted to take a minute to let y'all know a few things before we get to the episode. If y'all are enjoying the first couple of episodes and are excited about hearing our new episodes released each week, make sure you're subscribed and following the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, if you want to support the show, there's two things you can do that would really help us out. One, of course, leaving the podcast a nice review goes a long way and helps people find us. And if you leave us a five-star review, screenshot it, and send it to us via email, we'll send you a free Ozark podcast sticker in the mail just to say thanks. The second thing you can do to support the show is to go check out our Patreon website. The link is in the show notes, and we've got lots of cool stuff for y'all over there. If you sign up for the White River Club, You'll be able to watch the raw and uncut full-length video episodes with each of our guests. You'll get exclusive discounts on all of our merch. And we'll send you a new and unique Ozark-inspired sticker every single month. On top of that, we'll even give you a shout-out on our next episode. So there's lots of stuff there for y'all to interact with us and for us to interact with you. And of course, always feel free to reach out. Now, let's get to the episode. We've got a fun episode planned for y'all today, and if you're just listening to the audio right now, obviously you can't see us, but if you're watching the video of the full podcast, you'll be able to see um, that Adam and I are in Huntsville, Arkansas, and we are inside the office of a meat processor shop, and uh, that's because we are joined today by a very special guest, Mr. Cooper Cartmel. Welcome to the podcast, Cooper. Yep, good to be here. Cool. Good to be here. Cool. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Cooper is the owner and operator of Cartmel's Wild Game Meat Processing in Huntsville. And he was kind enough to welcome us out to his place and show us around his shop. So one, Cooper, thanks for having us over. And two, thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, we've we've been excited to kind of talk with you for a while now. I think I brought you a buck back in November, and that was kind of the first time I I talk to you about hey we're doing this podcast we want to kind of have you on ask you some questions and stuff like that so but obviously you've been really busy with rifle season 
going through and just, you know, when I dropped off my deer, you had, it seemed like hundreds of deer in your, in your cooler. So, um, I'm sure, you know, obviously now hopefully you've got a little bit more breathing room and you you can kind of relax a little bit. So, um, again, thanks for having us out. Glad we can kind of finally sit down. Um, but on that note, just kind of talk about this last year, obviously you were super busy. Do you have some more breathing room now or kind of, how has your processing season gone so far? Yeah, this, this time of year, we're pretty much, I mean, done with wild game. Uh, I mean, we're on, on the beef and pork now. Yeah. So that's a good point. You, you don't just do wild game. You do cows, you do pigs, you do all kinds of stuff. It's not just deer, but I imagine kind of the bread and butter of your business is, is mostly deer. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Deer's, uh, yeah, definitely our best thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so to to kick it off, I think the best place for us to probably start is just um, you're in a unique position because I think there's probably a lot of people around the Ozarks or around our area that that know about Cartmel's wild game processing just because there's not that many processors in the area. There's I can only think of two or three. You may know of a few more, but you kind of got to drive a ways to, to get to a place um, that does some processing. So there's a lot of people who maybe know of Cartmel's game processing, um, but maybe they don't know kind of the behind the scenes or who's actually running it, and they don't know much about uh, you yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So if you just want to start with kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself and then also um, just how you got started with Cartmel's wild game processing. Okay. Uh, I I got a wife. I've got a two-year-old daughter. i uh always been into butchering my whole life always done our own deer um always done my friend's deer dad's deer brother's deer always like butchering up their deer so thought i would start charging people start doing it so um but so this isn't a did your has your dad done much processing before because not just 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 deer and a few beef a year you know not for other people but so because we're out here this is your family's farm like we noticed as we were pulling up yeah that you've got this whole operation here was this here before you started your business or has this just kind of grown along with no yeah no you could you could just hold like five or six deer down here and we just this right here was our cutting room at the time okay this little office yeah and no we built all this just just for this business okay very cool so so you were how how old were you when you started you said you've always kind of done a little bit of processing but um, when you started the business how old were you I started in 2015 okay um started like during the muzzleloader hunt by the time we got done with everything we we're kind of halfway through that season we butchered like I think 250 deer that first year the first year the you first did. year okay the second year we doubled doubled in numbers and then we've kind of stayed about eight or nine hundred every year okay gotcha um since then but we've added the drop-off cooler the second year okay and that's what that helped a lot yeah having that um, i wasn't here all the time yeah i'm sure so that allows people to obviously just come in anytime after their hunt it's middle of the night they can come oh, yeah. drop it off yeah one two o'clock in the morning they can drop it off and i don't have to be here yeah i'm, I'm sure you really enjoy that yeah it's it's helpful yeah so that that was one of my questions uh, coming into this. How many deer do you think you butcher a year? Um, on average, norm- I guess we normally do around eight to nine hundred, somewhere okay. around there. 
Haven't had the four-digit four number yet? No, I don't think we've ever done over a 1,000. Yeah. Maybe close. Do you do you want to? I mean, at a certain point, you can only do so much, and it's like yeah. keeping up with it, is, it's got to be crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, with me and three guys, my little brother helping so four total, I mean, we can barely keep up doing that. Yeah. You know, that's butchering like 25 to 35 deer a day during that rifle. Dang. So, dang. And that's between four guys? Yeah. Typically? That's insane yeah those numbers yeah going off numbers what's the busiest time like you say rifle season is there like a specific week like maybe thanksgiving week or a weekend of the year that you see the most deer come in the opening opening weekend of rifle okay yeah what's that date uh i don't rifle hunt. like october November, tenth or yeah okay. it's like the second week just like prime time yeah. yeah oh yeah that's when we get most of everything gotcha. within like a three-week period yeah, normally. Yeah, so you're you're just chopping through them, you alone, because I'm I'm just curious. I've so I have I've brought you a couple deer over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think two or three years ago, that was the first time I came out here. Yeah, um, and I brought you I brought you a doe then, um, but then I brought I think I brought you a buck this year. So, anyways, but I've done some some of my own butchering. I've tried it. You know, I've, I processed a doe earlier this year just because I was like, I want to know how to do this. I'm, I'm just curious about. It. I see people doing it on online and all that stuff. So, I did it myself. But, dude, it took me. I mean, I won't yeah. lie. It took me like eight, ten hours. Like just way too long. Like you would fire me for sure <laughs> if, if I worked for you. Um, so. It's it's like not an easy process. I know you probably get faster as you get going, but how many can you do in a day? Like how long does it take you if someone brings you a deer that's still got the guts in it and it's got the skin on and everything? How long does it take you for like a nice buck? Just to just to skin it and clean it up, and get in the cooler. Or? Skin it, clean it up, get in the cooler, and then like section out the meat too. Uh, all, all the way to the end process work because I I was saying eight to ten hours for to get to like meat where I can put it in a bag, put it in the freezer. Yeah. It takes about five to six minutes to skin it. Okay. Normally, okay. maybe a little longer if the guts are in, like eight eight minutes or something like that. Yeah. Get it in the cooler, and then it takes normally five minutes to debone it. Okay. And that'll be deboned meat. I mean, Completely but then it debone. takes a while to work it up. I mean, once we actually work it up, it takes by myself, I mean, it'd be a, a good hour, I'd say, a deer by myself. Okay. But with four of us working, you know, one grinding, one tenderizing, packaging, yep. and two people cutting, it goes a lot faster. Okay. I mean. But that's still, so you said you, five minutes to debone? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm doing it wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I did it wrong. What's that process look, look like then? I mean, it just, it takes a lot of... A lot of time to get it down. You know, every year it takes me a little while to get into it, to yeah. get that fast, you know, right. my first yeah. So are you, like, quartering up the deer? Like, for someone who doesn't know, like, I I do home processing, and if it's a good buck I want to get mounted, then I'll send it to a processor just mm. so they can cape it right and make yeah. and make a good mount or something. Yeah. Um, but if you're explaining it to somebody who doesn't know anything about processing or butchering, uh, you would you, like, quarter it out and then debone from there? How, how do you go about that? I just just take the meat off the bone while it's hanging. You know, I, okay. I normally take the front shoulders off, and then I'll take from the hams down, work from the top, work my way down, do the back straps very last. Yeah. Oh, really? Just take everything out yeah. off the bone. 
that's usually my first place to go. The back strap. Yeah, I'm ready to eat that <laughs> while I'm doing the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> cooking it up while you're doing the rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a fully involved process. I, I mean, you really. I, I have a new appreciation, obviously, because if I had never done it, I wouldn't even really know like how long it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty. It's a lot of work. It is I mean, a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, we take all the stripping, the fat, you know, all deer fat. We we take all that out of it. You do okay. And uh, mainly the stripping, any kind of like stuff that's dried, because sometimes a deer will hang in there, you know, over a week and a half, you know, and they'll age a little bit and kind of get dried out. So we have to cut all that off too. Right. Yeah. You know. And that the longer they hang, you're off air kind of before this, you're talking about the longer they hang, the harder it is to skin them just because that skin gets cold and it tightens up and all. Yeah, longer the longer the skin's on the carcass, you know, it's harder to get the skin off the carcass. Right. But longer the hang, the better the meat is. I okay. mean, most of the time, more tender, less bloody, you know. But we, yeah. 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 So aging aging a deer, that's that's the process you're talking about is – Letting them hang, letting the kind of the, the fibers in it get aged and tenderized oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. How long? How long do you typically, if if it's your deer and you're not, you know, you're not trying to get something back to your client real quick, how long would you let let a deer age? And and what's the longest you've you've let a deer age? Because I uh, I hear people talk about like aging deer for a week, two weeks, and stuff like that. And yeah. Oh, I mean, a week is nothing. Okay. On meat, I mean, it's and it, it, that's when it gets good, but like. Two weeks is we've done in two weeks sometimes, like had to, yeah. you know, just because we couldn't get to stuff. But I mean, it's it definitely makes it better, you know. Yeah, that's about how long we normally let our own about a week and a half. Okay, something like that. Gotcha. But most people that eat deer meat, you know, and have a bad name for it because they've ate it that day they yeah. shot it, you right. know. Right. And deer meat, you can't do that. It's I mean, it's gotta ha- it's gotta hang a little bit, at least two days. Okay. I mean. Cause it'll be it'll be just real gamey, mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, you know, gaminess is what really gets out when it hangs. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I I don't think I let mine age enough. One one because, uh, well, at least like the dough that I did yeah. earlier this year, that was one I processed myself, and it was you know I, the temperatures weren't right. I couldn't just leave it outside, oh, yeah. and like obviously you have a cooler, so you can do it right. Oh yeah, you can do it the right way. Yeah, definitely. So that's I'm sure that's that's huge. Um, going off of that, I heard one of my buddies asked me the other night, it was like, I think it was like 50 degrees overnight. He shot a deer. He wasn't really confident in the shot. Um, aside from coyotes getting to it, he was wanting to like kind of deciding whether he could leave it overnight or not. What's, what's your opinion on that on a temperature of like, can I leave a deer overnight with, with the guts in it? Yeah. I mean. If it's, even if it's 20, 30, sometimes they'll gangrene in little spots, even with the guts in, okay. even if they're frozen mm. solid, they can gangrene just in little spots. Yeah. But I mean, if, if the deer died closer to the morning and it was forties or fifties, it, I mean, it'd probably be okay, yeah. you know, but 10, 10 hours is a long time for the guts to is be, it? you know? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I've yeah. always wondered that because I shot a buck last year and the coyotes ended up getting to it, but I but I had to back out and let it sit overnight. And I was yeah, I knew if it was dead early, the coyotes were going to get to it. But if not, I was worried about that. Um, if the meat would spoil or if I could eat all yeah. the meat. meat. Um, yeah, I mean sometimes even if they don't gangrene right away, they might two days later, even okay. hanging in a cooler. You know, they yeah. can do that. But normally they have to. I mean, the guts got to be in there a while for yeah. them to do that. Yeah, 
And that's just because, like, they, they can still gangrene in the cooler just because, I guess, the bacteria is already on there. Yeah. It's Once just, that stuff starts, you, I mean, it, it'll spread, and you can't stop it. I yeah. mean, yeah. So what, what with that being said, what what are some things, like, what's kind of the best way to prevent that? Is it just a matter of time and getting yeah. it down to temp? And, yeah, getting it, getting it time and getting it cold. Yeah. I mean, getting the guts out, getting it washed up. You know, that's one a lot of people don't do. They just don't wash them out very good. Right. And that's a that's a big thing is getting the guts out soon, getting it washed, and getting getting it cold. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I do. I want to talk more about um, kind of tips for the average outdoorsman, but <clears throat> I want to back up a little bit and kind of go back to your business. And um, so you said you you started it back in about 2015. Um, you did 250 deer the first year, doubled to 500 the next year. It's. It sounds like you had some pretty quick success. Was it? Was it something that just you started off kind of word of mouth, or were you immediately like, "Oh, I need to get on Google. I need to get on Facebook, make a website, and stuff like that." Or you know, when did you kind of know that, like, "All right, I I can actually do this for a living. I can do this kind of as a business and mm-hmm. actually, you know, make some good money doing it." That uh, the first year, my wife made some uh, some stuff to um, cards and shirts and hats stuff like that right. you know while we got our name out there as soon as we could for sure yeah um it it definitely i, I never figured i would have done as many deer as i would have you know i figured the first year if i'd done 50 i would have been happy yeah you know we yeah. did like 250 but that's crazy yeah it's it's really grown a lot yeah over the years i never figured it'd be to these numbers for sure it's crazy so yeah in 2015 you were how old how old would you have been then uh 20 20 21 gotcha i started it yeah yeah that's cool to me usually whenever you hear deer processors or butchers you know it's older people and and older older gentlemen or couple uh doing it so do people get surprised whenever they show up and and see you and they're like where where's (laughs) oh yeah a lot of people wonder where the boss is yeah Yeah. they don't realize i'm the boss yeah (laughs) yeah that's pretty cool. It happens a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is really cool. Yeah, I mean, even when when we found out about you and when we were talking about and um, just kind of who we're going to interview and your name got brought up and I was like, yeah, I mean, I, like, I think he'd be a great guest. He's a young guy. He can't be, you know, he's probably about our age. He'd be a great guest. And uh, two of our guys were like, no, like there's no way. I've never met a deer processor <laughs> that's not like 100 years old, yeah. like, you know, like 50 plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. So you've got a couple employees. Um, you know, you, your family, your brother. You said helps you, but you got some employees. How yeah. many? How many people total are in the company? Um, there's three guys that's been helping me the last three to four years. One of them's helped me the last four, but then my little brother's. He's helped me since I pretty much started. Yeah. When I get kind of overwhelmed, too busy, he always comes in, helps, helps for a few days. Kind of, he always helps skin normally at night. Yeah. I mean. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Are, is there, are there parts of the process that you're like, I don't want anyone else to do that. Like I want to, if it's, if it's grinding or if it's smoking sausage or something like this, you're like, this is the, I like, I'd like to do this the most, or this is kind of my uh, thing. Or- cutting, cutting steaks, doing like a lot of the, the cuts, you know, they may, all my guys normally are either grinding, packaging or cutting burger. Okay. You know, yeah. I do. I normally do all the main cuts. You know, okay. steaks, stew, meat, roast. Now, two of my guys can do all that stuff. 
but yeah, I normally like to do that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so you mentioned earlier you do sausage. Oh yeah, yeah, we do summer sausage, breakfast sausage. Um, That's we, pretty unique, isn't it? For for processing, like kind of come up with a finished, I guess, like yeah, you, it's your own recipes, right? Like yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff I uh, you know I buy some stuff offline, kind of add some other stuff into it. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it took me quite a few years to really get it down on the summer sausage. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, have, I haven't ventured there yet. I haven't, I've never tried the summer sausage. I just, it, it's a little intimidating to me, honestly. Just, I I don't know if it's like the equipment that I would need or I really don't know what goes into the. It's time consuming. Is for it? sure. Okay. Summer sausage is time consuming. What, yeah. what about it is time consuming? Just from the start of it, by the time you grind it in with pork fat, you know, add all your seasonings. Um, double grind it, you know, and then add your cheese. If you're doing jalapeno cheese, yeah. you know, you always double grind it. And then by the time you stuff it, you got to let it set overnight. The next day you smoke it, and then you got to smoke it for like six or eight hours. And then that night, put it back in the refrigerator, and you pull it up the next day and wash it all up and vacuum, you know, and package it. Yeah. So it takes like three or four days yeah, that's start a, to finish. That's a big, that's a long process. Do you make jerky too? No, I tried it one year. Um, but no, we don't really make, okay. we make jerky slices. You, slice. Sli- you we, slice it? Yeah, we okay. do slices, but. Well, that goes a long way for people too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of people want to try and do their own, you know, a few pounds of it. So. Right. Yeah. You did that for me when I brought you that buck. Um, mm-hmm. You sliced yeah. it up and that I had sliced it before on that last year and I just, I couldn't get it consistent and I'm assuming you, you've got some kind of slicer where you keep your, your density consistent or. Is that kind of how you do the slices? Well, I I've I got one. I've used it a few times, but I normally just do it with a knife. You know. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's a lot faster. One less thing to clean. To yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. But yeah, those we normally do it do it with a knife. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. What what all do you offer? Uh, like in terms of your services, and um, you know, it's not just deer. You do a whole lot of stuff. What 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 all do you do here? Uh, we, any kind of meat that's, you know, deboned or quartered or on a carcass, I mean, we can totally process it and put it in a bag, yeah. frozen, ready yeah. to go. Okay. Hmm. So bears. Oh, yeah, anything. Elk. It doesn't matter what it is. If yeah. I brought you a squirrel, would you do it? We'd try. Yeah, probably wouldn't make much meat. <laughs> Charge you for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like make, the smallest amount of meat. Yeah, I wouldn't make much. Yeah. Um, what's some of the coolest animals you've done? Maybe exotics or... Yeah, uh, buffalo, bison, elk. I've never done a moose. Mm-hmm. It's one thing I've never done, but... Yeah. There's not many of them in Arkansas. No, <laughs> no, for sure. That's the truth. Have you ever... Yeah, I'm sure you've done an elk. Do, do you ever... You're not that far away from Kingston and, like, the Boxley Valley. Do you get a lot of the elk that get hunted out of that Normally, like... This year we didn't get any from really? down there, but the last five years we normally get at least one or two, and mm-hmm. sometimes we've got a you know we got a few that were full carcass. You know, a lot of time when people bring elk, they're always quartered, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But we have got a few full carcass elk from you know down there, full skin and everything. Yeah, that's cool. Um, have you ever have you ever got to go down there? Just you know, I guess kind of transition um, on a little bit to the next topic is I'm assuming at some point you know. To get into meat processing, you you were a big 
outdoorsman. You hunted a lot. It's, it sounds like you still get to do some hunting, obviously not in the thick of rifle season, um, but do you get to do a fair amount of, of hunting still, even though you're this is like your busiest time or not right now, but just the hunting season is obviously your time to work? Yeah, bow season, muzzleloader, that's when I normally at least try and get one buck every year. Yeah. You know, and I'd always like to get my wife or have her try and get something, a bear or a deer, but yeah. Yeah, and she she got a bear this year. Is that what you told us? Yeah, yeah, she got her first bear this year. Um, that's the main thing we like to do is bait bears. Okay, you know that's pretty yeah. cool. I honestly, I wish Kyle was here. The we've got another buddy who um, we're all kind of part of inland. So we we've got this team where we're just outdoorsmen, and we you know we we've, we've got mm-hmm. social media and stuff like that. But Kyle, one of our good buddies, Kyle Plunkett, he just baited a bear for the first time this year and kind of went through that process and. He learned a ton. I learned a ton just from helping him do it, going out and baiting and stuff like that. Did he that. kill it? Yeah, he got he, he got it. Um, and it was just a super cool process. But um, I, do you, so you do that every single year? Is that something uh, that y'all? It's it's on one of my buddy's places. We just started it last year. I killed my first bear last year. Okay, and that's when we really started baiting. Yeah, I mean, on, on this guy's land. Yeah. But. And you and you liked it? Is that something oh, yeah. you plan to do every year? What, oh yeah. What do you like hope, about it? I hope. I mean, it's it's different than different than deer hunting for sure. But um, it's expensive. It, baiting, going and buying cookies. Yeah. Every other day. So I mean, cookies is that is that kind of what you're? I, well, yeah. We normally go to Walmart and just buy a bunch of stuff. But the first year we had some stuff ordered in um, somewhere up north. Some kind of old old stuff you know on a, on a pallet mm. old sweets oh okay yeah just stuff that they were gonna throw out and yeah y'all, y'all grabbed them before they did well it was actually a place that sells it for bear hunters oh I really mean, yeah oh, they cool. shipped it down here mm-hmm. when you say up north state canada no uh like i think it's washington or okay. I mean, it's a state but somewhere where yeah bear, bear is prominent i guess okay. yeah factories up there yeah. or something yeah, that's cool. That is specifically cool. for bear baiting. Yeah, how uh, how successful are you guys in bear? Because I, from what I know about bear hunting, it's super tough. Oh yeah. But if you can like get it down like to a science almost, then people seem to be pretty successful about it. This year we had, I mean, two or three giants, but they're just not time only, mm-hmm. pretty much. Right. Um, and once acorns dropped, which was like a week and a half into bow season, they they were gone. Really? Once acorns start dropping, the bears normally yeah, go. Yeah, that's what I've heard is people who shoot their bear is like right when season. Yeah, you gotta be opening weekend. That's when Kyle shot his normally, right? Like yeah, opening weekend. It was yeah, opening day. <clears throat> yeah, you yeah. gotta get them opening weekend. Mm. It was wild. I've he had a ton. I mean, he probably had, and you know, they a lot of them look the same, but just. Judging based off what we could, the pictures we had, I think he probably had like five or six different bear on this one spot, um, which I didn't know if that's normal or do you normally see quite a few coming in? That's or? about, I mean, we had like six or seven, I think, this year. Okay. I mean, in one spot, you know. Yeah. But that's kind of kind of normal for most parts of the county yeah. anymore. There's a lot of bears around here. Yeah, it seems like it. I was, I was surprised. And somebody, when we posted the picture of Kyle getting his bear, we had somebody reach out and they were just – you know, they were asking about the process and, you know, they, they asked, they started with like, why would you want to hunt a bear? And I was like, why would you not? Uh, <laughs> but the, he was, I told him about, well, there's a ton and, you know, um, there's just a lot in this one area. And so 
they were surprised to see or hear that there were so many here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like they're just everywhere. You just you never see them. Like you hardly yeah. ever see them. At least yeah. I don't when I'm hunting. And it's on a quota base, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's I think 450. Was it met this year? No, this year it wasn't. I don't think. Um, Is I know it typical to be met? Used to, it'd be met within like four or five days. Really? I mean, wow. But anymore, this year though, the the call in to Game and Fish was messed up for that whole oh. like week and a half. So there's a lot of bears that probably didn't get checked. Oh, gotcha. Hmm. Just because it was messed up. Yeah. Yeah. That would make it tough to know how many exactly. Yeah. You couldn't call in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That makes it so hard. Who knows? There could have been 500 shots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. <clears throat> so that that's that's cool that you get to do some of that bear hunting. Is that something that um, you're you're pretty passionate about doing every year? Is is that your kind of favorite style of hunting, or what what do you like to do? Turkey hunting. Turkey is my probably my favorite out of everything. Okay. Yeah. That's something I want to get better at. I've I've done it the last couple of years. Um, I've shot at some birds that were a little bit too far. <laughs> didn't kill him <laughs> just have I've had some tough luck i had a bird come up on me this last year and it was i was up on a hill it was down below me and then just i don't know how it happened it somehow it just ended up behind me yeah at like oh, yeah, they can do that 10 yards yeah and i turn around and i'm like how on earth did you get there and it saw me and you know busted of course i mm-hmm. couldn't do it um but that's something i want to i want to learn how to do and get better at um just because it's I know we don't have a whole lot of turkeys in Arkansas. Oh yeah, anymore. There's there's not very many around mm-hmm. here. Yeah. I mean, even a farm that we hunt every year used to it'd be easy to kill a tom. I mean, you could pick which one you wanted to kill. Yeah. And now, I mean, the last two years we didn't even kill one down there. And last year I killed one. But I mean there there uh not very many of them down there anymore. Yeah. For sure. And you, you hunt here in the Ozarks around pretty close or yeah. 20 minutes from here okay. for them, okay. for them area. Yeah, I got you. Do you ever bow hunt for turkeys? Uh, No, never, mm-hmm. never tried. They're hard it's hard, as it it's is. hard enough with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, and um, Arkansas season's only like two weeks long too, right? Yeah. It's super short. Yeah, yeah. that's tough. It is very short. You, you bo- Do you bow, bow hunt turkeys? No, I haven't. I'm wanting to this year. Um, I started hunting in a blind last year, mm-hmm. and it's amazing what all you can get away with because turkeys have great vision. Uh, but you really don't have to hide the spline that much. Yeah. If you get something to blend in, uh, I had like 10 jakes come in 10 yards from me and just destroyed my decoy. And oh, yeah. I even stuck my head out the window and tried to scare them away because the tom like wasn't coming in. And they just didn't even care that I was there. They're such a cool bird. But I do want to bow hunt in a blind this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. But you're right. It's Bow hunting's hard enough as is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's tough. I, I kind of, I grew up. Um, you know, I didn't grow up hunting a ton, but I, I started hunting probably like halfway through, probably like right at the beginning of high school with some buddies, but we were mostly like just rifle hunting and, you know, during season stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I picked up a bow, um, it just in like the last several years that I really have kind of gotten into hunting more it just in general. Um, but yeah, I definitely have never hunted for, for turkeys or anything like that. So is that something that um, do you do you do that with your your wife, or do you do that? Uh, does she like my, to hunt? Only my father in law. Okay. I try and get my wife to go, but she she's hard to get up in the morning sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, my father in law though, we we normally always go every year, you know, and try and at least get one bird between the both of us or something. Yeah. If we can. Yeah, that's cool. 
And then you bring them back here. Do you make jerky and stuff? And how, uh, how do you do your turkeys? Just fry it normally. You fry them? Yeah. yeah. Never really made nothing crazy out of it. Yeah. I had some turkey jerky last year, my father-in-law. Turkey jerky. It's he, good. It is good. Yeah. I was surprised. I, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, it does taste different, but it's not all that different from like what you'd think yeah. with like beef jerky or venison mm. jerky. It's lean. It's lean mm-hmm. like venison jerky is for sure. Mm. I got a question for you. Yeah. What's the biggest deer you've gotten in here? Uh, two years ago, we got in one from, uh, it was actually an illegal deer from Kansas that, that scored 230, 230 oh, inches. My gosh. Guy uh, says he killed it over by XNA Airport, you know, and there's some 180s come from there. Yeah, there's yeah. some good deer over there. But you could tell the same just from the body size. Yeah. You but, can tell a difference in Kansas deer, yeah. can't you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was a giant though. How how did you catch catch that it was an illegal deer? Just asked for a tag and there was no tag for no, it. No, he had it checked in as an Arkansas deer. Really? I mean, everything was legit paperwork wise, you know. Um, and where he said he's killed, that was kind of believable, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it would have been the new state record for Arkansas. Um, but my taxidermist actually put it on Facebook that night. Um, and the next day, there was some guy in Kansas said, "Hey, no, that's." That's right here in Kansas where he killed that. Um, was it from an outfitter or was he just over there hunting? No, he was just private land owners. Yeah. It was on his private land up there is where he killed it. Really? He was mm. a guy that had some uh, land. But. Yeah, you, didn't th- you don't think about that. You bring it back here and then all of a sudden you're going to be a state record holder for that deer. Oh, yeah. And, and he was taking pictures. I mean, he was acting man. like it was no big deal. Yeah. 2.30. 2.30. But we've had some 180s uh, from Arkansas, a few 160s. Biggest year this year was a 165. Gotcha. But was that from I mean, up here, a mountain deer? That was here from Hinesville, really? Hinesville area. That's good deer. But that's yeah. insane. That's uh, yeah. I'm sure you've got some crazy stories. It's kind of interesting. Do you do you have to deal with like, um, you know, people bringing you illegal deer a lot? Is that something that you kind of run into every now and then, or? Yeah. How, how do you catch I mean, that if it's not like what your story was? I mean, as long that? as they got a check number, you know, and tag license number, a CID number, mm-hmm. you know. But oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it happens, you know. Right. But and there's no way to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. I bet. So with that, I'm sure you've seen some some just probably crazy and maybe weird things get brought in, or like what what's some stuff that has come in that you've been like what the heck is that? Or I don't know. You have any stories like that? I'm sure just, you could just see so many animals. So I'm sure you see some just kind of bizarre things. Like, I mean, pe- people bringing in fawns that have been shot, mm-hmm. you know, six or seven times with a seven mag. Oh, I've seen that, oh, you man. know, and literally <laughs> get three pounds of meat. Yeah. After, after oh you're my done. Gosh. Yeah. That's we like, see that every year. That's crazy. It's not even worth <laughs> it, but that's honestly sad. What, yeah. Oh Yeah. I mean, what do they expect you to say whenever they bring that to you? And most of them, too, you know, think they get 40, 40 50 pounds of meat back, no, you know, no. on on something like that. That's yeah. what they think. Yeah. but They're like, well, it weighs 40 pounds. Shouldn't I give 40 pounds of meat? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's not how that works. No. So what do you get off of normal? So if someone, if I brought you a deer that was 130 pounds, what, what kind of meat would you get off of that pound-wise? If it was shot, like... Depends on if the shoulders are blown up or if it's shot in the neck, you know, there's different poundages you would get, but you know, like a that would be like a 
probably a two or three year old buck, you know, normally makes around 60 pounds of meat. Okay. 50 to 60. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Depends on where it's shot. But. Gotcha. Mm. I, that's actually, that's a good um, transition into, because obviously you're a processor and, and you kind of, you can kind of think about stuff like that. Does it change the way that you hunt and the way that you approach hunting and like the shots you might take or, you know, where to aim or what kind of weapon you like to use or does it change the way and kind of influence the way you, you hunt? Oh yeah. Like if we're going out shooting does just for, cause every year we like to kill, you know, five or six does just to have made in a jerky kind of for ourselves. Right. And we always just shoot them right in the head or the neck, you know? Yeah. We try and always do that. Yeah. But on the shoulders of a doe is really not that much meat, but every little bit helps. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that makes sense. It's kind of it's interesting. That's that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. It's just you have a unique perspective, being that this is what you do for a living. So you see a lot of animals, and you know what to do and what not to do. Um, so I think kind of going into that topic of what to do, what not to do, and just kind of I want to talk about like tips for the average outdoorsman. If you got somebody who's not ever done any home processing or butchering yeah. and stuff like that, obviously you have a ton of experience and, you know, you probably, you fly through deer because you have to, to keep up with the demand. But if I'm, if I'm new and, you know, I shot a deer, um, what are, what are some tips you have for how to butcher a deer and, and kind of talk me through like maybe the process a little bit, yeah. how, how would somebody get into it? And even if it's like knives to use or equipment that, that people like a sharp knife, Oh, Does yeah, ha- ma- having good knives, quicker? you know, and really taking your time and getting a lot of the striffing out, you know. Start from the top and work down? Yeah. Yeah. What's striffing? That's... Uh, Never heard that. It's like the white line stuff that runs through deer. Okay. Um, it's like sometimes it's tendons and spots, you know, mm-hmm. you want getting all that out. Man, I, gotcha. I saw a video the other day of, it was a back strap, and, and I guess that's called striffing is the proper term on the back of it you know yeah, like, the back, silver, like the silver lining silver skin yeah you know there's all different names well, i saw it. a video but, uh the other day and somebody flipped that like if if this was the strip inside you flipped it over on the back side put a knife through it and almost fillet it like a fish oh yeah Did yeah you do that? i mean our my steak knives are kind of long they're, they're not really a fillet knife but they're not like a big butcher knife you know they're mm-hmm. a longer skinnier knife and that's that's mainly what you do is butchering is just flaying stuff off. You know, mm-hmm. you're either flaying something bad off something good or, you know, vice versa. Yeah. But what kind of knives do you use? Uh, Victronics. Victronics. They're from uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're just cheap. Yeah. eBay knives. Gotcha. But yeah. Yeah. You, you, you got to watch the bottom line too. You can't buy a thousand dollar knives. <laughs> yeah. Do you oh, sharpen I, them quite a, a bit? Uh, every morning, uh, my guys get here and sharpen. Sharpen cool. everything, and then normally around lunchtime, we'll hit them all again. Really? But normally you can do, I mean, you know, with all the knives put together, I mean, you can do 25, 30 deer a day with two sharpenings yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that the times that I've done anything, like sharp knife, is that's mm. probably, would you say that's the most important thing? If you're going to if you're gonna butcher or process anything, Oh yeah, is that the most important thing? It definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely helps. It can't hurt. But, I mean, deboning knives, I mean, get dull a lot faster. You know, those will have to sharpen throughout mm-hmm. the day 10 times probably. Right, just because you're bumping into those bones. Hitting on the bone, yeah. Yeah. They definitely dull faster. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so, sharp knife, got to have a sharp knife. You have the luxury of having a cooler and you can hang stuff and let it age. And 
Yeah, I mean, if people don't have that, you can take an ice chest, you know, and ice it down. Okay. And But you just don't want it to get waterlogged, so you got to keep the water draining off of it at all times. But, okay. I mean, even staying in an ice chest with water for three or four days helps a lot. Okay. You know? Yeah. If you don't have no way to cool it, you could do it that way. What is, when you say waterlogged, what? what? Like, if you had the drain plug shut and it's the ice melts and it just gets kind of full of water that meat will absorb a lot of that water and turn kind of white oh okay you know and it's it's not something you want to do to meat you know gotcha it don't hurt it just a whole lot but i mean yeah it's still it, would that like that'd still be safe to eat right but it oh yeah it wouldn't be it just wouldn't taste good or is uh, it a texture thing it's kind of more yeah i mean it's it makes it more bloody, you know, when you're going to grind it. If it's, like, sometimes cooler deer compared to our hanging deer, you can tell a big difference on packaging them, you know, because okay. everything will just kind of be more wet and moist and, you know, more more bloody. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So sharp knife, got to have that. You keep it at temp. That's important, right? Yeah. So, so from the moment you shoot that, you're climbing down. You're, you, I'm sure you got yours right there maybe on the ground and, and just get that temp to start dropping right there immediately, right? Or... Yeah, I mean, we normally, like, our own deer, we'll bring them back here and gut them here and wash them, and they go right into the cooler, you know. But that's okay. within an hour after we killed them, okay. you know, normally. Yeah. Are most people bringing their deer to you gutted, field yeah. dressed? 80, yeah, 80% of the time, they always come gutted. But every once in a while, we'll have one that's <laughs> had guts in them for two days, you know, or dropped off with guts in them, that, you know. That'd bother me. So, yeah, that's <laughs> they, they get their own meat back, you know. Yeah. That's why I do it that way. Yeah. Do you do you ever have to tell someone like, "Hey, buddy, I'll do this for you, but you don't want to eat this." Or, oh no, or do we you just throw it away. Well, I call them every year. You know, this year we had like five hundred people that their deer gangrene. You know, and it's always the same story. You know, I shot it, went you know, and found it the next day. You know, it's mm. it's always the same story most of the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, we pitch them. We don't even put it in my cooler. Yeah, we don't. I normally don't even skin them. Mm. You yeah. know, if they're that to that point that bad right hmm. and that's because the gangrene spreads like yeah it can get on another deer yeah if it's really good. touching another deer that's that's perfectly fine it can get get over onto that meat gotcha i didn't know that yeah me neither i guess that's just because the bacteria falls on something else and then that grows and spreads and yeah stuff like that have you seen much cwd up here i've heard that this county had it or yeah was the lower part of year. this county is like the hottest hottest spot we're in tier one here mm -hmm. so it's not a mandatory you have to have them tested but a lot of people have them tested i mean mm -hmm. we cut the heads off and a lot of people take them to a spot in huntsville and have them tested yeah but uh three years ago the game and fish actually paid as many heads as i could get them they would test them really? that was kind of when it first came about uh -huh. um and they brought me tubs up here you know like little self-laminating tags and I wrote on every one of them the info they needed, you know, and they were pulling samples. You know, and out of, you know, I think it was like four or 500 we sent them, there was like 50 or 60 to come back positive really? with chronic wasting oh, out wow. of that. Yeah. Does that affect us as a consumer or people? No, I mean, they haven't, they haven't, you know, scientifically proven that it's, that it can get into humans. Yeah. It's more so like an infectious but, or viral disease to, that would hurt the deer population, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it definitely can hurt the deer population. Yeah. yeah. But, so it's mostly, it's safe to eat. 
I mean, if it's positive, you don't want to eat it. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, as long as the deer is, what I tell people, as long as the deer is healthy, you know, it's fine to eat. Okay. You know, if it's sick, don't, you know, if it's a four-year-old buck that weighs 50 or 60 pounds, I wouldn't eat yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Right. Because that ha- we see a lot of that, too. A lot of sick deer stuff that's had wounds, been shot, you know, and trying to get over that, you know, they might have a lot of weight loss. Right. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm I'd be hesitant to eat one that had CWD, but I feel like I've heard you can. Like it's it's not it's not like you were saying it's yeah. it's not something that you're not going to get chronic wasting disease as a human. Yeah, it's not. I mean, as long as you know if the the deer's healthy, it can still have chronic wasting disease. Right. You know, okay. and they as when they first get it, they won't show have no symptoms. You know, they won't show. Right. You know, it might take a while, but. I mean, I uh, I killed a mule deer four or five years ago, and we got we got back here, processed it, ate the whole thing, made a lot of summer sausage, and then they called us and said, "Hey, this deer was positive." You know, we by that time we had already ate the whole thing. Gotcha. Yeah. So and none then, of us has ever been sick. Yeah. Off of it, you're but, like, I'm not growing a tail, or I don't yeah. have anything wrong with me. <laughs> got a twitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever heard people say that? Deer like bucks specifically taste different pre rut versus post rut. Oh, I'm sure you know. Uh, during the rut, I bet you know we've never yeah. had people say anything about yeah. it, but um, I'm sure they taste a little different testosterone yeah. running through them. I know my mom always tells me yeah. to try and get a buck before the rut because she yeah. one year I shot this real big body deer and and it was Swell it just eggs. tasted a lot better, it seemed. Um, but I know people swear on it and say that yeah. before the rut, you know, more fat, I guess, in the meat, and yeah. they aren't run down as much. But I didn't know yeah. if that was true or not. Oh yeah, you can you can tell a big difference on body fat too mm-hmm. compared to you can watch the rut come and go on doing the deer. You know, really? you can watch their glands. You know, you can some of them. You can tell when the rut's full swing. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask looking you. Looking at the deer for this area, when would you say like peak rut or peak breeding is? Normally, it's muzzleloader season, mm-hmm. so like the end of October, the first November. First week in November, You yeah. know, but this year, it was kind of right that first weekend of rifle season, okay. you know. That was, they were definitely peak right then. And how are you telling that when these deer, you said the glands. Well, and, their necks just swell up, yeah. you know, and their glands will be black from pissing on them mm-hmm. a whole bunch, you know, and yeah you can tell from they've been really rubbing trees a lot yeah can you tell when does are coming into estrus like whenever does get brought in uh not really no okay uh i haven't no yeah what's what's the um what's the best age deer to eat like if you had to if you could pick anything are you shooting uh, a two two and a half year old doe, or are you like what? What would you, if you had to go pick one? Yeah, I'd say like a three year old doe, okay, something like that. You know, doe's definitely gonna be better eating than a buck for yeah. sure. And you know, a younger one just not gonna make enough meat. You know, a yearling or a two year old just don't make a whole lot of meat. Yeah. So three or four year old doe, I would say. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, on on so I saw a picture the other day on instagram you know who steven ranella is the meat eater guy oh yeah 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 so i saw a picture he posted this picture on his instagram the other day of a i think i don't think it was his deer i think it was a picture that got sent to him by somebody else um 
and he was cutting into the hind quarter and like he cut into it and there the picture is just this like pool of disgusting like pus coming out of the muscle and meat mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And he was he was talking about how you know that could have been caused by some kind of infection, maybe he got poked by an antler and that mm-hmm. stuff sealed up and it just grew in there. Do you see some of that or Oh yeah, every every year during the rut normally when they're fighting a lot, you'll see it around their head. Okay. Head and neck area. That's sometimes you'll see it in the butt, you know, but most time it's neck or head. They'll, you know, there'll be little pockets of pus where yeah. they've been fighting. Yeah. And you ta- are you tossing that meat? But not if it's like that, you know. We'll, you know, normally it's just on top of the skin. Normally it's not down deep in the meat. Okay. Now if it's like a big shot wound in the hams, like where they've been shot and lived through it and got a big pus, you know, we'll trim a lot of that out. We won't chunk the whole thing, you know. But right. We'll we'll get all of it out though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I was surprised. I'll I'll try to find that picture here in a little bit, but I th- it's disgusting, honestly. Like the amount. Oh yeah. I'm sure you've seen some stuff. Just, smells too. Yeah, I bet it does. You probably got to like clean all your equipment and all your knives and all your stuff just to get that smell. Normally, out. we yeah we try and get it out when we're skinning it. You know, we try and we've we've never really had it ever happen like cut into a spot on the cutting table. Okay. You know, it, it happens when we're skinning, when we're washing. Yeah. Normally when we see it. Yeah. And then in terms of like, um, you know, obviously this is a business that you've probably got some rules and regulations with cleanliness and things you got to maybe keep up with. Do you, do you have to kind of, are there checks that happen with like, I'm like a restaurant, they have like a food safety person come in or. With wild game, there's no, there's no uh, inspections. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So you just do your best to keep stuff clean. You, it sounds like you talked about how you guys always come in and you sharpen first thing in the morning. You go th- through and wipe stuff down. Y'all just have a routine that you do every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. When we get done, we always bleach everything, wipe everything down. We'll sweep, and then every other night we mop. Not every night, but kind of every other night we mop everything gotcha. or mop the floor. Yeah. Gotcha. But, cool. Yeah. Everything gets bleached. Yeah. Every night when we're done. It's a it's a big process cleaning up. I'm sure it sure. is. But as someone as a consumer, I appreciate the fact that you do it just because obviously it's a that's a like it's a oh, big yeah. task. I'm sure you get just a ton of stuff in here. Yeah. So you gotta do it though. I mean, yeah, you gotta do it. Yeah, when we walked in here I could smell it was clean right away. Yeah. I could tell you keep it clean in here. And also I noticed one of these mounts you have up in here. Uh you were telling us about it before. Yeah, yeah Trayon Burks. Traylon yeah. Burks yeah. came in here. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But do you, you get to obviously you're you're somebody who a lot of hunters you know interact with and talk to at some point. Do you get to kind of meet some interesting people and some cool people from time to time? Obviously, Traylon Burks. If anyone doesn't know, he's a wide receiver for the Razorbacks, just declared for the NFL draft. Um, Woo pig! But like, do you, do you get to see some some cool people and talk to some interesting people coming in here? Um, we've never really had any like professional you know, hunters come in here. You yeah. know, this part of the state, there's really none that's close by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we have, like, big corporation hunters and stuff like that, you know. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. no one just, you know. Football yeah. players. Traylon Burks. Yeah, yeah Traylon, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're, uh, your deer's ready to pick up, right? Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. We can't get a hold of Traylon. needs to be picked yeah. up. Yeah. I think Daniel called him earlier. <laughs> Yeah, you got his number, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's got to be busy right now with the the draft and all that stuff. I'm sure he's not thinking about his dirty shot. That's super cool. That and you cool. didn't recognize him whenever he came no. in here. I, no, I don't yeah. keep up with football yeah. at all. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have recognized him either. I don't see him much without a helmet on or yeah. short pads. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So now now that you're done with the I guess the busiest part of your of your season, mm-hmm. which is rifle season. What are you What are you looking forward to now, or what are you um, What are you doing now in like the outdoors? Obviously, turkey season's not too far off. I know it's in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably looking forward to that, but you you said you're doing some butchering for cows and pigs and stuff like that. You do that year round. Yeah, I just started doing that last year. Um, okay, but I've kind of done it uh, on and off for ourselves, you know. But I just do it for custom custom butchering, so. The consumer can't sell it. You can't sell it at all. It's, it's got to be not not for sale on everything. Okay. You know, um, that's why I don't do no beef and pork during deer season. That's a big thing. You just can't hang them in the same cooler. You know. You can't. Uh, yeah. No, you can't hang beef and pork with wild game. Oh. Okay. Even even for, um, you know, even for the farmer. You know, and that's why all I do it's custom butchering. Okay. So it's just for the farmer. Gotcha. Hmm. How come you can't hang them in the same? Um, USDA, I guess. I mean, even though you don't, we don't get inspected even for custom. Yeah. But they just don't want you to hang it with wild game. Gotcha. Beef or pork. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Probably just a safety yeah. regulation or whatever. That's cool. Um, so I think that mostly covers what we, what we kind of wanted to just talk with you about. And we appreciate you again for having us. Um, if anyone, if anyone wants to get in contact with you or, um, you know, Obviously, bow season's still going on, so we've still got some some time to bring you some some animals, a deer or whatever, a, a hog, a bear, whatever. I guess, I don't know if we met the bear quota. Probably can't bring a bear in. Probably can't find them right it'd now. It'd be hard yeah. to kill one right now. Yeah, it'd be, sure. it'd be tough to do that. But how can people find out about you? Or how can people, you know, get in contact with you? Uh, Just call me on my cell phone. On your cell? Yeah. That's, yeah, I your <laughs> cell phone the best is on. Way. You got a website, though? Yeah, yeah, okay. we got a website. Um facebook page facebook page okay and you're just here in huntsville this is you live here this is your place this is your shop you do it all here yeah this this is my butchering facility right here though this is my parents parents place okay i actually live like 20 minutes from here in forum okay gotcha. my house and farms at. gotcha very cool very cool well man we appreciate your time we appreciate you welcoming us out here it's fun you got a really cool shop you showed us around a little bit before um and uh, it's it's cool. It's obviously set up, you know, just perfectly, obviously. Yeah. Oh, it works. It works for deer. So, cool. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, that's all we got for you. So, uh, thanks for joining us, man. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review. If you leave a five-star review and email us a screenshot along with your mailing address to theozarkpodcast at gmail.com, we'll send you an absolutely free waterproof Ozark podcast. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, full-length video episodes, exclusive discounts on merch, and free stuff, head on over to our Patreon website, which you can find the link to in our show notes. Check us out on Instagram and on our website at www.inland-us.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.